What do you do when the real estate market, and, and I'm not a big fan of like crash, right? If, unless it does. Like, now everybody's like, it's going to crash. It's going to be worse than 2008. I lived through 2008. You know, I know what happened. I know how bad it was, but it created a ton of opportunity. The reality really for me was I was in the real estate market prior to that, building houses. I had a license. I was not so much an acquirer yet, but I was in that space. And then when the market did what it did, uh, that was when I got into buying multifamily properties. What you have to understand is these things are not complicated. So if you've been able to hold on to some cash and you're in a position to acquire without, you know, because, you know, you got rates to a point where it's like, do you really want to borrow the money? No, I mean, you shouldn't. I'm just not a, I'm not borrowing the money at, you know, I used to say, I'll take anybody's money and borrow it if it's less than 5% interest. You understand, I've lived through a lot of real high interest rates, right? But then, you know, I'm kind of at the point where, like, if you do pretty well and you have the relationships you have and you have the capital you have, you know, you can, you can, you can borrow money at under, you know, what I, what I have borrowed money at over the last six, seven, eight, nine years, it's hard to put myself in a place where I would ever pay three, four or 5%, right? Um, that being said, you're in a phenomenal place now as this market continues to slow down, right? Um, so is it going to crash? Depends on what your definition of a crash is, right? Um, and I think that's one of the things we have to start getting people to understand. So if everybody's like, what's going to happen in the market in, 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 in 22 and 23? And I'm like, you know, man, um, let me tell you, dude, I just, I just literally, sorry, I'm trying to read the. Yeah, it was 7.7%. So, but you get to a point where, like at the end of the year, and, and I'm by, by no means I'm a financial planner, I'm not securities licensed, but there's a lot of things that they have. I was reading this the other day, what the guy call it? I was reading it last night, where they have to uh, rebalance. So you got all these mutual funds and all these other things. And it's, like I said, like at the end of the couple, last couple weeks of the year, it goes up and the guy's like, is this window dressing you? By the way, this information flies through the air. Okay. Now what I do though, is I build relationships with good people that have a proven track record of doing things that are successful. And then I listen to them. So I read a lot and then I'm like, let me call somebody. So like I give you an idea. My buddy's like, remember we were in church a couple weeks ago and the pastor played a snippet of a movie. And I was like, yeah, what I actually want to watch the movie. And it was, it was a really cool concept. It was a guy, his caretaker killed him by accident. Like she gave him the wrong medication, he overdosed, but he had been a, a, a novelist. He write, he would write these murder mysteries. So he kind of rewrote, it's pretty cool. If you haven't seen it, I don't remember, didn't remember the name of it. And he goes, I'm going to Google it and reverse search the actress's names and actors' names in it and find the movie. And I'm like, I'm just going to call the pastor because, <laughs> like, I do a lot with them and I, I believe you're supposed to give a lot back. And I'm, I've am i been a, a con... I, I create networks of people that can help me answer questions, right? So I was talking to a guy I trust a lot and I said, hey, dude, when do I get back in? I mean, and somebody that's proven our last 20, 30 years are very successful, All right? So I'm going to... This isn't me reading it and pretending it's me. So some of the people that you listen to, they read it. And then I can read it, memorize in 13 seconds, 14 seconds, and then regurgitate it to you, right? But I, but instead of me acting like, because that's not what I do for a living, but I know people that do and people I trust implicitly that not steer me wrong. So I said, so people go like, what's going to happen to market? I'm like, let me, I've, I've, this is what I've gotten together from the three or four people I trust the most that know the most about it, right? So I said, when, like, when is the bottom in your opinion, your hypothesis, your educated opinion? 
And a lot of you can't have a hypothesis if you don't know that, like, you don't understand what you're talking about. I can, I can hypothesize what happens with real estate. Probably. I've been doing this for 15 years. I bought and sold more real estate than most people ever want. And I didn't take your money to do it. I taught people to do it on their own. So when I accumulated hundreds of real of rental properties, when I started off, I, I taught my friends to do the same thing. I didn't take their money and buy them with their money. That would have been the hip, hip, that would have been the height of hypocrisy and give them a little return when I was making big money in their deals. So um, basically what he said to me was, he goes, you have to understand a, a few of these guys. They said, so you see inflation, right? So you all understand how crazy it is, right? And we understand that. And then you go like wages are crazy high and unemployment rates too high. So they need the wages to come down, employment to go up. And they have all these, these earnings reports they release in January. And then based on what those look like, the unemployment rate, wages, then the Fed decides to do what they got to do. Now, when the Fed eventually stops raising rates in the market, from what all these real intelligent, well-performing people have told me, will explode. Now, I said, what am I looking for? He said, but a low in the S&P has been 3491 for 2022. That was a conversation I had with a couple guys. If it's, off by, uh, if it's off by a number, then I apologize. Just telling you that's what I got. Um. He said, most of these guys I talked to said, we're having a hard time breaking 3,800. We have been. And 3,400 is where they think, based on all these criteria, that we could probably hit in, in February, March, or April. When we get near there, 3,500 S&P people, is when you want to start putting your cash in. Because when you look at what it should grow to, they, uh, everybody I've, I've talked to a lot of people, read a bunch about it, that we could have a 20 to 25% growth rate over from from when it when it bottoms to the end of the year okay now that being said do i think that what should you do with your money now if you got cash hold on to it and this idea a guy the other day was like you know it's funny that people say cash is king i didn't necessarily always believe it and cash is trash like cash is not i cat when when you when you can't predict what's happening so i've always been a fan of having cash I have a, I own a ton of real estate, um, owned a ton of multifamily properties in Connecticut, then bought a ton of commercial properties all over the country, Florida, Colorado, California, Texas, Connecticut as well, Utah. So, and I, but what I learned is the properties I purchased when the market had this, I'd like to call it a massive correction, what, crashes to me are like, I don't know, dude, I, I'm just, I'm not a melodramatic kind of person, you know? Um, so at the end of the day, it's one of those things where, you know, it was a massive correction, right? And I took advantage of that as far as my prices, right? I was buying properties that five, six, seven, eight years later with very minimal um, work to them or any additions that would increase their value. I was, I mean, some of them were, were 150% of more greater value than when I purchased them. It was just, I just bought them at the, like I, I had, I had accumulated cash and I had accumulated rep, uh, 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 relationships with some of these lenders where they're still looking to lend money. There's a lot of money in lending money, but they got to hedge their bets. Right. And I had a lot to collateralize and I was able to, I was never afraid to collateralize anything. I've always been doing that. Like lend me this, I'll collateralize this. I'll take these three buildings, put them as collateral, lend me this so I can do this over here. I'm, I'm that's, I'm a massive fan of that. Right. Um, but it's really, you really understanding that you, it, it's one thing to read about it and watch it, but as you develop relationships in life. So in 08, there was a guy that had been in real estate 60 years and I consulted him before I started buying. And I went on a buying spree 
And it was almost like being at the casino. I was like, I was just buying, like for a while I was closing on a property like every other week. And it's not like I had hundreds of millions of dollars. Like I didn't use my my liquid assets of a couple million and then go to the bank and borrow another five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve to buy these. Uh, you know, that that's like that's that's what I did. I didn't have hundreds of millions of dollars sitting around. I had to like, okay, I got this, I got this. I you know, what can I finance? What kind of rates are I at? And the purchase prices were so obnoxiously low that I didn't the rate at that time, I was like, I can't pass up. I knew the property value would increase based on everybody I talked to that I've been doing this for a long time and the research I got face to face and I'm, I'm intelligent. I pay attention. I look at trends. I read, but then I wanted to validate my research. There's having research and you have to validate it. Right? So I would validate my research with these people. And then I'm like, they'd go, well, you can't borrow the money. It's eight and a half percent. I'm like, dude, I'm buying this thing for $210,000. And a year ago, it was worth three fifteen, three twenty. And I actually think this is an overcrowding. This guy needs to sell like really bad. He's in a really bad spot. So I would literally just was like, hey, I'm willing to, I'm here. Like I'm good. And the thing I use, and you got to do what you want to do. The only thing that's mysterious about, about real estate when you're buying, let's just use residential, even if it's multifamily, commercials are different animals, a lot more to it. But as far as, as far as um, what you need to know, right, when you're buying, there's elevators there. You know, I bought my first building with elevator. And I'm like, Okay, how does that work, right? Like, what's the maintenance agreement? How does that work? How long is it? And I, the, for the ones that had city water, city sewer, so under the ground, what was it, if I would buy them, I'd make very aggressive offers. Never did a home inspection. I'd walk through them always, obviously. Well, not obvious. Sometimes I did. I didn't always. I'm sorry. I bought some sight unseen. I walked through them most of the time. I was looking to see how big and bad the roof was and did it need to be replaced, Right. Did I see any water damage? Did I see any mold? Was there anything so egregious that in anything can be fixed above ground? Now, if I buy something that doesn't have city water, city sewer, which um, was in Connecticut, a lot of them didn't. My res- They had septic system and wells. Well, that, the, both can be pretty damn costly, right? If you can't find what, you know, something's happening. So city water, city sewer, you know, I was kind of walked through it. They'd be like, I want 240. What do they want? I'm like, okay, I'll give you 160. I'll close it in seven days. No inspection, no contingency, no mortgage contingency, no nothing. And routinely, I'd get them over people that they weren't paying full price. They didn't have to, but they were 10, 20, 30 grand more than my offer. And all I would ever say is they have a they have an inspection contingency and a mortgage contingency. So you got to get these. And what is a home inspector's job? His job is to find stuff that's wrong. Even I don't think they're liars. They're a little bit dramatic. That's their job. They want to justify the money they get paid, right? And then you got to go through this list. They're going to try to beat you down $10,000, dollars $20,000. Anyway, you're at an impasse. Take the property off the market for three months. With me, you have your money in seven days. Title search, good. Make sure you actually own it. You can actually convey it. My attorney does that. We close. We're done. Give me keys. I'm in. As is. I don't call you in three days and go, hey, boy, it doesn't work. You know, now I'd bring somebody with me, did a lot of work too. I'd been around a while, but a guy that could do everything, you know, have him just look at everything. We spent about an hour and a half on the property. That was it. He'd go, hey man, boiler probably needs to go. I'd be like, how, how do you know? He's like, he's 30 years old. It'll go eventually. Got it. How's the roof look? It, it only has water damage now, but it's old. It's original. You need another roof. Cool. Got it. How's the house settling? Well, look at the floors. Okay. But how's the foundation? It's fine. I mean, so it, it's, 
I was very aggressive. I was willing to take a little bit more risk, but I wanted a better price. And then their rental property, so I had to make sure, I, I always wanted my tenants to be okay. That's the other thing. I wanted my tenants to be happy and be okay because I wanted to pay rent. And I wanted them to be unhappy if they didn't, right? But you have, because I didn't want them there. And I wanted them to know I didn't, I didn't want them to be comfortable not paying rent. So if you're looking in 23, I think that's what you're going to see with the market. If you're looking at the real estate market and should you get into it now? Yes. Um, how should you get into it? On your own. On your own. I didn't make money in all these REITs and all these funds. I made the most money, bar, and those were legitimate. It wasn't a dude out there or dudes out there pretending they had something. I made the most money when it was my money, my property, my deal. And I think that's what you should be looking to do in 2023. You can, what do you think? It's a novelty to put a sign up and say, I buy distressed properties. Oh, I have a distressed property fund. No shit. Really, Einstein? You can have one too, even if you only buy one property but you own that property. You do your due diligence, get a good attorney to help you, find somebody knows the local market. If you're a buyer and you have an eight now, I tended to buy them. I have my own license, real estate license. So I also, that, that money came to me. You know, should I use an eight? Should you not? I mean, there's some negotiation we don't. I mean, if you're new, find, get good people around you until you learn kind of the ropes of what you're looking at. Those hour and a half walkthroughs, I got them to like nine minutes after like five years, dude. I just knew what I was looking for. Three, four, five important things. Boom, done, in and out. Here's my offer, seven days. Um, I'll write it up, send it over to you, and call it a day. And then I built these relationships, and people started to know, too. I became the guy in my area that would buy them quick. So I'd get calls. You know, that I bought a house, um, bought a house in the lake, and my buddy called me about it. Went on the market, boom. 450 grand, which I'm like, dude, this, it, it's, I know the market now. I know what's going to happen in the future. I know how many properties left in the lake. It, you know, it's got access. It's great. You know, it's not even that big a house. If I not, need to knock it down and build something else, I had, had so much upside. And I had like seen it quickly once. I said, all right. So I called the real, I had a guy that local, I said, hey, call him up. I'll give him, I'll, I just thought the price was great. I'm like, I'm going to give him, I was like, maybe, I don't know, 410. Same thing. No inspections, no nothing. Boom, boom, boom. Done it. Done. They had another offer. They had two or three offers higher than me, but a bunch of contingencies. I got it. And as soon as I got it, that's what I always, always do too. Whenever I, but these are big, bigger lots. Whenever I bought property in Connecticut, I'd always get an engineer and a surveyor if I had more than however many acres to see if there was a possibility of me getting a split and getting a lot out of it. This one had three more lots out of it. And my neighbor could have bought it, but he was like one of the offers, but he, he had these contests weird. He wanted to do inspection and everything else. I don't want to do nothing. So I went to the town made the application, engineering fees, that's probably out 20, 30 grand. And then when I won, my neighbor sued the town, even though everything I did was buy, but he just didn't, you know, he come up with these too much traffic on the road, it's a bunch of bullshit. And then finally one day I called the guy I knew I coached football with. And I was like, hey dude, I'll give you X amount of time. I don't know what it was, five grand. I'll give you five grand if you get me this guy's phone number because I know you know him. If he buys these, if I can work a deal out with him, I'll give you $5,000, yours, like forgive me his phone number. My man had it an hour, called the guy up. I'm like, hey, dude, what are we arguing about? Can we meet? He's like, yeah, we can meet. Came over to the house. He's like, I said, I'm going to get these through. He said, I'm going to, I said, you're going to fight. My, I'm going to win eventually. I'm not doing anything wrong. You're going to drag it on for your enough. I don't need the money, dude. Like, I'm fine. And he didn't, he was loaded. You don't need the money either. So we're going to fight, waste money. Why don't you just buy them from me? And I said, they're each worth, the lots are each worth, you know, 130. So instead of you giving me 390, give me 350. They're yours, all the engineer. If you don't want the lots to die, the, you want the lots to just die and you don't want them to be, you just keep the land, then I'll give you right of first refusal on the house when I sell that. 
So I got myself, you know, I got myself what 350 grand on the lots, sold the house for like 550. So I'm like, all right, I'm 900. And I, and I was, I had a, what I bought it for foreign change and through 20 at engineering. And that was just, but it was aggressive. It was aggressive with no inspection. It was aggressive with, it was just, but it was like stuff like that works out when you're aggressive, you have to be intelligently aggressive. So in 2023 with the market, be intelligently aggressive, watch signs, see what lows look like. If you don't understand what you're reading, ask somebody, if I sit there and watch any of these shows all day long, I can comprehend a lot of it. But when you start, let me, let me give an example. My man said, he, I had wrote this down because I don't know what he was talking about. He said, um, hold on, here we go. He said, uh, uh, mutual funds and uh, what he talked about. Here we go. Uh, mutual funds and EFTs and balancing and equally weighted. And they're just window. I was like, dude, what does that mean? Explain to me what that means. Also, if you don't know, and some of the people should have done this with freaking crypto. If you don't know and somebody can't explain it to you, don't use it as an investment for you or your family, whatever it happens to be. If they can't explain it to you and you can't comprehend it because their explanation is so enigmatic or it just can't be explained, don't use it. Don't bet on it. Watch the market. Everybody I talk to, I trust is we're going to have a great run after, after we hit a bottom. March or April, I think it's going to be a softer landing than people think. Um, I just know I've been doing this for a long time. I've been taking information and advice from people for a long time. I've stayed with a lot of the right people that continue to give me advice. They tell me they're not sure. Obviously, it's still gambling. And remember this about the market. It's still gambling. When you sit down at a blackjack table and you freak out and start slamming your hand because you lost, hey, dude, that's part of the game. You put money up, you can win or lose. Same thing with the market. You can hedge your bets with certain things, bonds, better rated, all that. I get it. But at the end of the day, you're still gambling with some money. I think that's the best way to gamble with it in 23. And I love getting in the real estate market now. Love it. I don't mean by giving somebody money for whatever they've created as far as a fund to buy stuff that's theirs that they give you a tiny piece on. Please don't do that. Please. That's not being in the market. That's just making people that are already pretty freaking wealthy, wealthier. That's all. So hope that helps. If you like this video, content helped. Please subscribe to the channel. Please comment. If you agree, tell me. If you disagree, tell me. We'll talk about it. Real interactions with real people. So I appreciate y'all. If you like this one, I think you like the next one even better.